0: This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hour number three
1: of our Sunday get-together. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. Also, via X, formerly Twitter, at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY, 98-7FM. I think I want you to get up and move a little bit in this... uh, In this hour. Got a baseball covered. Talk a little football. And I have to give away the tickets here, guys. In this hour. The Eagles tickets. Okay. I can't keep them? I got to keep them away?
2: Unfortunately not. I don't think uh, the higher powers that be would be very happy with that decision.
1: Okay. I don't mind giving them away. I just wanted to make sure. Because I've got some texts. (laughs) requesting you know you know how that is i get to the calls in a second you know how that is you know you have tickets to a game or you got tickets to an event or something like that and people you hadn't heard from in a while hey larry long time uh eagles tickets (laughs)
2: It's that moment of clarity they have. That's when you know you're famous. Is those people start reaching out to you, be like, hey, buddy, it's been a long time. You want to get a drink sometime? By the way, can you do me a favor?
1: Oh, man. I'm like, I haven't heard from these people.
2: I'm talking a while.
1: (laughs) It's all the fair weather friends, Larry. They all come out of the woodworks. They're not even fair weather. (laughs) They're like... Who is this? <laughs> That's who they are. Who's this again? I never is I haven't heard from them in so long, a couple of them. The number has not made the new phone.
2: <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you got to go back at the yearbook just to remember what they look like. I uh, go
1: back. Man. Anyway, I will not succumb to the pressure. I will give the Eagles tickets away this hour before we leave you at three o'clock here on ninety eight seven ESPN. Say back to the phones. Uh Sam is in San Antonio. Sam, you're next on ninety eight seven.
0: What's going on, Larry? How you doing today, my brother? Hey, Sam, Hope all what's is happening, well? partner? Ah, you know what's going on, man. I'm calling you from the afterlife, brother. I Remember, I jumped off, so I splatted on the road. (laughs) (laughs) You jumped Uh, off and survived, huh? uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, man. See, look, man, I like you so much. I'm talking to you from the afterlife, brother. uh, about the fight last night, real quick. You know, yeah. I'm going to call mm-hmm. in about the Mets, but the, sure. uh, I I called Spence for a split. But one thing I was sure of that I was obviously wrong is I did not think it was going to be that domination uh, oh. domination like that. Bud just took it to him, and um, you could see that uh, Spence completely got off of his game after that first knockdown. He just completely yeah. just was was derailed after that, and it was it was domination, man. It should have been it should have been stopped way before. And I agree way with you before. a thousand percent. Way um, as far as, uh, you know, there's a couple of callers that always call in that, you know, I always perk up and start listening to them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buddha is definitely one of them, man. He always comes correct. Uh, I, I, I like that dude. Uh, but now, uh, as far as the uh, the disaster that's called the Mets, uh, did you hear the uh, the rumors of the, the next trade that's going to happen? Go ahead. I heard that we're going to trade Justin Verlander for just a, a right batting glove, a pack of gum, and we're going to pay for all of the, his salary as well. <laughs> what's this we got the two uh, guys that we got from miami i i'm willing to bet you larry that none of that that they're probably not even going to see the majors what's one's 18 one's 19 something mm-hmm. like that It'll they're so far away and then uh, i was having this discussion with one of my buddies last night so out of the acuna brothers we're going to be the one that ends up getting the ozzy canseco out of the two he's the number 44 prospect and we're giving max Okay. Look, Max is on his way down. We know that. Uh, It hasn't been disclosed how much money has been given yet, but I can guarantee it's not going to be a small amount. And going back to thirty-five million, Sam.
1: Thirty-five.
0: Thirty-five. So that's total between from this. Okay. So that's about close to fifty, close to little less than half, right? Because he's owed about eighty something, Mm -hmm. I think. And we get the number forty-four prospect. Really. And if you go back to our conversation a couple weeks ago.
1: But number three, Sam, in Texas is.
0: Okay, but that tells me nothing, man. He's 44 (laughs) overall, man. Come on, Larry. I think we could have done a little bit better, uh, especially with Dave Robertson. And going back to our conversation a couple weeks ago, uh, what I wanted them to do was just stand pat. And I think these two trades are proof that Epler is just inept. Uh, Larry. Thank you for listening again, my brother. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. After, oh, one last thing about the yes. Yankee uh, Yankee fans. I yes. got into a little exchange on social media with a Yankee fan the other day. Did what was know? it? Friday that? Uh, fr- it was either Friday or Saturday where Garrett Cole pitched. This Friday. one guy was complaining. Garrett Cole threw up seven scoreless against the number one team in the American League, mm-hmm. and this guy was complaining that he only had five strikeouts. You gotta <laughs> love Yankee fans. <laughs> <a holy> <laughs> You have a wonderful rest of your afternoon, Larry. All right, Sam. Uh, it's always Thanks a pleasure the speaking call. with you, man.
1: Thank you. Uh, let me make this announcement. And I'll speak for Tom and Joe, but they can speak for themselves. Uh, we do not always represent everybody who's on our bandwagon. <laughs> oh,
2: 1,000%. <laughs> not the case.
1: There's some things that I've heard some Met fans say that I've cringed. <laughs> so... We do not always represent what our fellow band, band, uh, band member writers say.
0: See, look, man, I like you so much. I'm talking to you from the afterlife, brother. <laughs> wow,
1: he jumped off early. He jumped off last week. I was teetering. I just looked down. I didn't see Tom. Cho, I wanted to jump. I didn't see. I didn't see nowhere. To, I didn't see where it ended. <laughs> it was a long way. I'm like, oh, I better wait. <laughs> So now I don't have to jump. this is a good thing. I, I admire those who are off early. I do. LeGrecker was off early. Grosso was off early. I admire those guys. I admire that. Me, I was just hanging on just 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 clawing for that for that for that last for that last gasp. and now I don't have to worry about it. Speaking of last gasp, Billy Upler spoke today before the game. Uh, so here's what uh, here's what Billy Upler had to say about the Max Scherzer trade.
3: You know, kind of given the the place we're in and the odds we're facing, you know, it was a strategic decision. You know, we kind of took this opportunity to kind of serve another goal of the organization, which is to uh, enhance the farm system.
1: (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Billy Epler, how reliable is it to build a team through free agency now that you look back on what happened this season?
3: Steve said it. I've said it. You know, free agency is not the market that we want to rely on to build a championship team. It's a market that we want to use to enhance the team that we have, but we would rather go to that market for opportunities than necessity. And so we're not there yet. I mean, that's going to take a little time. And so, you know, we're still going to have to invest through free agency.
1: So this was the question I asked Pat Ragazzo, who was on with us earlier. Um... And I'm still not really sure because he couldn't answer it. And there's really the only people that could answer it are Cohen, Epler and the scouting staff. And that is when you look back, how could you have so grossly misunderstood or mis- misrepresented or misevaluated evaluated the talent on this roster minor league wise that you would go in and spend, wait now, 86 million dollars on two pitchers 86 million I don't care how many billions of dollars you're worth 86 million dollars to just give away like that that's not good business. how could that how could the value of the talent when you look at it to say well you know we're close <laughs> really? He stinks. I mean, it's not as it turns out. It's not the way to go. It wasn't the way to go, and it's easy to say now. But that's but once again, I get how on paper how 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 it looked. This should work. It should really work. You know, top of the rotation, (laughs) postseason. Problem is, it didn't work. You only got to the postseason once. And and I don't know what you're doing with Verlander. Which means you may not be getting there with him either. This is this is the classic one here. This this is the one from Billy Epler. Billy Epler are the Met's rebuilding.
3: But I do want to be clear that it's not a rebuild, it's not a fire sale, it's not a liquidation. This is just a repurposing of uh you know, Steve's investment in the club and kind of shifting that investment from the team into the organization.
1: <laughs> sure smells like a rebuild. <laughs> so let me get this straight. And join Tom, help me out. And you also can call in and help me out. The 1-800-919-3776. Help me out. Because I've been wrong before, Okay when you do this as long as I have, you've been wrong a couple of times. So you trade away a future Hall of Famer. You pay almost half his salary for this year and next year so he will opt in with Texas. And you get... You don't get another major league player. You get a minor league player. You trade... Your closer and you into your division rival, by the way. And you do that so you can get two minor league players who are 18 and 19. There's more moves that you are going to make. And Pat Ragazzo said there were a couple of teams, I think he said Minnesota was one, and maybe the Dodgers, or there was another team out west, that are interested in Pham and Kana, and they're going to trade them for minor leaguers. And that's a repurposing?
2: Well, I would like to congratulate Billy Epler, because we know he's going to lose his job this season. But based on how this has gone incredibly wrong for the Mets... The Braves should just hire him next season because he's been helping them out all along. He practically handed them the division on the silver platter with these decisions that he's made.
1: All right, so, so I'm going to let you folks behind the curtain for a second, okay? Let's see behind the curtain. In broadcasting, there is a phrase for repurposing, okay? Joe, when we say repurpose... In the broadcast business, what do we mean?
2: You're fired. <laughs>
1: <sighs> this is a rebuild, ladies and gentlemen. This is a
2: rebuild. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, pretty sure it's a duck. In the words of Stephen
1: A., it ain't a damn mongoose. I'm just saying, come on, Billy. Billy, you're better than that. No, you're not. Buck Shawwalter, uh, what do you think about Epler's plans at the deadline?
3: I think, uh, I know Billy's planning on kind of sitting down with uh, the coaches and everything and kind of taking up you know, where we are and what our goals are. And I know Billy's been making the rounds with some of the players, talking to them and asking, answering questions much like I'm trying to do and trying to keep that, uh, those guys in the loop. Because they have a stake in it too, you know? But, you know, the priority's 140 today.
1: Um, Here's that conversation. Billy, this is buck to Billy. Think I'm back next year? (laughs) I know I'm not. (laughs) I don't know about you. I don't know about me. I'm I'm just doing what I'm told. I'm just trying to ride out the best way I can. Uh, But to be fair, and we joke, And we have good-natured fun. But to be honest, this is what happens when players don't produce. It's very simple. If these players produced like they did last season, we wouldn't be sitting here having these conversations right now. So, yes, part of this is on Epler and the front office. Part of this is on Buck a little bit some of the pitching matchups and things, and some of the decisions, okay? The fact that they still run the bases badly and they've still made errors. You know, they're not as buttoned up as they were last year. That's on Buck. But the lack of production, Scherzer struggling the way he has. Uh, Marte struggling the way he has. Uh, uh, McNeil just starting to hit. Marte being, you know, struggling, Alonzo struggling, Lindor inconsistent. Man, that's on the players. That's on the players. They're the ones that have messed this up. Did they have the right secondary folks? Did they have enough depth? You know, all that. Yes, all that is in the mix. Injuries you can't you can't figure out. Obviously, you know. The injury during the offseason killed him. Okay, killed him. There's been no trumpets playing in the in this in, in City Field this year. Okay, none. So that killed them. We get it. But the other stuff, some of the other stuff, man, that's on the players. That is on the players. When we return, let's talk a little football. Um We've been our ears have been to the ground, and I th- at least Dalvin Cook is still in the building, huh? But Aaron Rodgers went to bat for his coach. We'll talk about that next on 98.7 eight seven ESPN.
0: This is the Larry Hardesty show on 98.7 ESPN.
3: He's a good young man, a very good young man. Didn't interact too much, but I mean, it, it seems like there's a lot of stuff going around, especially when it's open to the public. So, but it was, it was good to say hello. So,
4: what does that entail today in showing up, taking a physical, and
0: like, just meeting everybody? What
4: happens? That, today? That's
3: pretty much it. Call it a meet and greet. I don't know about recruiting. I think it's just more just get a feel and make the best decision for your family. talk
0: about selling it at all at some point today? Huh? Why you think be
3: good here? I'm sure he's got a lot of questions that he wants to ask and uh hopefully we get a chance to sit down and, and I can answer any questions that he might have
1: how much <laughs> how much you paying Robert Joe Douglas how much in the words of that famous movie Tom Cruise show me the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. I know you got some money. Because Aaron Rodgers donated some to the Get This Jet Better Team Fund. Show me the money. Jerry McGuire. Show me the money. And show me and pay me some respect as a running back. I know we don't get much, <laughs> but show me a little little respect as a running back. Uh, once again, and I've been doing this a while, and it, it maybe just just to me, okay, just to me, I found it a little unusual that the physical was already done before we are signing up a contract. Okay? Now, look, it could have happened. It may not be as, as unusual as I think. But, you know, for a guy that's supposed to be going elsewhere, listen, I think it's a great move for the Jets. (laughs) Let's see what you got. All you got to do, you don't have to leave this building. We got the physical. We know what's going on. To me, they're serious. There's no question they want him on this team. That's what it says to me. And so if I were a Jet fan, I would love it. I would love it. As a matter of fact, when he was on NFL Live, he says one of the reasons why he wants to be with the Jets uh, is that quarterback they got, Aaron Rodgers. That makes the team very appealing, like really appealing. Here's Dalvin Cook on NFL Live.
5: I think they whole roster. I think it's exciting. I think the coaching staff, I think... Everything about what they got going on just says winning. And it just got it all written all on it. Ain't no adding that piece. You no know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, just speak for itself.
1: Yeah, no question. It does. That's why you want him. <laughs> That's why you want him. Jet fans, what do you think? You get him? Tell me what you're thinking. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at ESPN at ESPNNY98 underscore 7FM. Now... X, formerly Twitter, X. Yeah, that's what it is. want to hear from you. All right. You ready, guys? I promised I delivered. After more than 50 years of touring and consistently selling out arenas and stadiums worldwide, the Eagles announced that their upcoming The Long Goodbye will be the band's final tour. The band will stop at UBS Arena at Belmont Park this September 20th. Tickets are on sale now at the UBSarena.com. To win a pair of tickets, just be caller number 8, 8 for Aaron Rodgers. Right now, listen to the number, 888-987-ESPN. Caller number 8 wins a pair of tickets to see the Eagles live at the UBS Arena September 20th, 888-987-ESPN. Keep it locked into ESPN New York all day long for more chances to win. Your calls are next on 98.7
0: ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: So why do I think the Mets are going on the run now? (laughs) Because it's all over, right? (laughs) Leading 2-1 as they bat in the third. Hardesty on the Sunday here on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, congratulations to Tom from Pearl River. He and a friend will be at the UBS Arena on September 20th watching the Eagles on their final The Long Goodbye Tour, their final one. Tom, thanks for listening. And by the way, if you want tickets, UBS.com, you can get them right there and keep listening. We might have a pair or two lying around. We'll give away later today here on 987 ESPN. Uh, Mets now at three on. will join us in about uh, 14 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on what's happening at the uh, Jets today and get kind of a preview. Finally, finally, preseason football. Finally. Not that you're going to see a whole lot of people that you know <laughs> on Thursday night the Hall of Fame game. Not going to see a whole lot of people you know. Not going to see. Not going to be. You won't see a whole lot, folks. But, um, you know, finally, you'll see Zach Wilson. Hey, 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 watch your mouth. Mackay Beckton You need to see. I, I want to see him. Listen, I'm curious to see Zach Wilson too, but but honestly, I want to see Becton. I want to see what what he looks like. I want to see how he does. And I get it; it might be against people who aren't even in the league anymore in in a month. But still, you want to see what he what he what he's got. Because let's face it, we all know it. We all understand it. We can hide from it. We can call it negativity, or we can be realistic. The depth and the ability of that offensive line is key to the Jets' success this year. It's key. And that's not breaking news. (laughs) That's obvious. You have a great quarterback. You could have, depending on what the deal is with Dalvin Cook, or even if you don't have Dalvin Cook, the run game is going to be complimentary. Whatever you're able to do with that offensive line, that's what's going to determine the success of this Jet team. So, yes. If they can be semi-healthy and people play up to the level of their talent, this could be a very interesting season. But that's a lot of ifs. It's a lot of ifs. And so... That's what we're looking at with this jet team. Same thing with the Giants. Because now it's about business for the Giants, right? The whole Saquon Barkley deal, all that stuff is done. Now it's about building chemistry with between uh, Jones and Waller. It's about seeing where their offensive line goes and how their offensive line improves. It's about seeing if the Giants' secondary can take a step forward from where they were last year can wink martindale go back in the lab and concoct some other wild schemes and things that will help this team and they'll play better and will they be able to be now more comfortable because it's the second year of both programs it's the second year on both sides of the football it's the second year where you understand and now it's it's you're you're adding little things Different from last year, but because you have the foundation of last year, you can do those added adjustments. Where there's much more to the playbook on both sides of the ball, but you don't get a chance to see it. Because depending on how you respond, depending on how the team plays, depending on how everybody. Moves forward, then, you know, it's a, you know, what? let's hold it right here. Let's take some things. Let's back off some things that I hoped we would be able to add to our scheme, but you know what? They're not really ready. So let's take it. Let's back off some things. How many times have you heard that? Well, I haven't released the whole playbook yet. All right. So these are the things that you, you look for in the second year with a new head coach and a new program. The one thing you know about the Giants the one thing you know that's guaranteed based on what you saw last year, this team will be well coached. This team will not beat themselves. They'll make mistakes because they're not perfect and nobody is. But they very rarely beat themselves. And so you respect that. That's what you want in a team. And if a couple of things break right for you, you're able to, you know, you're able to get Daniel Jones to take that next step. You're able to spread the ball around offensively, balance the tack a little bit, steal a win or two in some places, because early in the season, you, you know, everybody's not ready to start. Every it takes a while to get into the groove. It takes a while. So everybody's not ready to get off to the quick start. Takes a couple of weeks. So that's the scenario you're hoping for. If you're a Giant fan, you listen, because the first part of the season is tough, as it is for the Jets. Steal a couple of wins, season looks a little different for you. Looks a little different. Muhammad's in Long Island. Muhammad, you're next on 98.7.
5: What's going on, Larry? Thanks for taking my call, man. You got it. What's happening?
4: Um,
5: I, I turn on the radio in the morning. You there? Afternoon. You there? At night. You're there. I mean, come on, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> love,
4: love working, my friend. Love working. Love
5: what man. I do. Love what I do. Go ahead. And I love this, man. But um, yeah, so I hear you speaking about the Dalvin Cook situation, and when mm-hmm. it comes to that, I just feel like is it starting to feel? To me, it's starting to have that feel of like the Bucks a couple of years ago or the Rams a couple of years ago, where it's like. Uh, obtaining all these key pieces on the way to trying to uh, grab a Super Bowl, right? But um, my main concern, not main, but I am concerned about our backup quarterback situation, right? Because, you know, not to be negative, but if we lose Rodgers for two to four weeks, let's say, who do we have that's going to keep the ship afloat? And if we do lose Rodgers for two to four weeks, how many losses do you think we can, can have in the AFC and still be one of the top playoff teams? So every win is going to count. Who who do we have to keep the ship afloat if if we were to go into that situation? Thanks for taking my call, Larry. All
1: right, Muhammad. Thanks for the kind words, my friend. And keep listening to ninety eight seven ESPN. Look, let's be honest. It really doesn't matter who the backup is. If Rogers goes down for any appreciable amount of time, it's it's, it's going to be hard. Uh, I would say this though. If he has to go down, and we don't want him to go down, okay. Speaking for Jet fans, they don't want him to go down. But not the first part of the season. Maybe when the when the uh, schedule takes a little bit of a turn, which a little easier. Maybe then you could get by with a a, a really good running game, a balanced attack. That's when you'd lean on your running game a little bit more. Uh, try to throw to your tight ends. See if you could get the ball down the field a little bit, but you'd really, because you know they're going to st- stack the box. It would be a challenge. You would hope that maybe Wilson could buy you, buy you over for a couple of weeks. You would hope. But I do think um, if worse comes to worse, they would – you know, search, search the wire and try to bring somebody else in. But, uh, you know, that's 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 the bottom line, Muhammad. You you really you really cannot afford. Much like anybody in the National Football League, cannot afford to lose your starting quarterback. I don't care who it is. Rodgers, Mahomes. I mean, you know, Cincinnati is going to be struggling because they don't have their starter for maybe a couple of weeks. I know he's supposed to be back, but I mean, listen. And in this AFC, which is right now, the better conference, the deeper conference, the more talented conference, man, you can't afford to lose games. You need as many wins as possible to make that postseason. You need as many. Listen for the jets. They need as many to get out of their their division. Buffalo, Buffalo, Looks like they may have taken a step back last season. But they've won the division the past couple seasons. You can't just wave them away. Miami's very talented. Yes, no Jalen Ramsey. I get it. Yes, you're not sure about Tua. I understand. Still a very talented team. Still very talented. And Belichick is Belichick. That's all I'm going to say. Bill is Bill. So you need as many wins to have it shot in your division, much less the conference. So yeah, there's concerns. There's concerns with an older quarterback. There's no question about it. That's why there's so much pressure and so much is expected from this offensive line. Because while to me, The identity of the Jets is clearly their defense. The success of this team will be gauged by their offense. When we return, we'll head to Florin Park and see what's going on. Rich will let us know the latest on Dalvin Cook and some other tidbits at Jets practice. That's next on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Other news coming out of Jets camp. Everybody's been talking about the fact that Dalvin Cook is there. And uh, as Rich Samini reported earlier today, he took a physical, was watching practice. You heard his back and forth with uh, Robert Sala, the head coach of the Jets earlier in uh, some of the sound bites we played. So I figured why not have Rich pop on for a couple of quick minutes to see uh, if he can give us an update on what's the latest with the, the pursuit of Dalvin Cook to make him sure he doesn't leave the building. <laughs> Hi, Rich. How are you?
4: Hey, good afternoon, Larry. How's it going?
1: Everything is going well, my friend. All right. Is he still there? Are they? Is there? Uh, is there a gate around the gate to make sure he doesn't leave the building without signing a contract?
4: <laughs> uh, I've been so uh, I've been tied up writing this uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, story. Uh, mm-hmm. You've probably heard his reaction to Sean Payton's comments. So um, I do not know if Alvin Cook is in the building. I suspect he still is because when we talked to Robert Sala. Around twelve thirty today he mentioned how they were going to uh he was going to sit down and be available to talk to Cook and answer whatever questions he had about the organization and the direction they're going so um I suspect that he probably is still here. you know he spent the entire practice on the sideline you know watched mm-hmm. the entire practice for two hours and was talking to Woody Johnson and Christopher Johnson and some team, you know, uh, perhaps future teammates, uh, players on the sideline. And so um, he's definitely got a feel for how the Jets operate, that's for sure. All
1: right. I'm going to just based – you have no idea, so I'm just based on your experience from covering football as long as you have. When a player goes through that detailed situation, physical, on the team, full – you know, watching a full practice, speaking with ownership, what's normally the idea there, Rich? Is it is it fifty fifty, is it sixty forty? Just give me a your your thought process on that that they signed. Yeah,
4: it ultimately comes down to money. I mean, we know the Dolphins and Patriots are other teams that are interested. It always helps when you're the first team up in the batting order, so to speak. The fact that he this is the first team he has visited and as far as I know, I do not believe he has any other visits scheduled. But that doesn't mean anything. Uh, You know, he could sign with the Patriots or the Dolphins without having visited them. That certainly happens a lot in the NFL. And so, really, it comes down to uh, he's going to have to make a decision. We know he's from Miami. Uh, He has talked about how it would be nice to play in his hometown. He said it would be like a Cinderella story. But I also think he's very intrigued by what's happened here in New York, you know, the direction of the team. I saw him chatting with Aaron Rodgers during practice. I mean, you know, that's a pretty good recruiter right there. Mm -hmm. Aaron Rodgers, I think, would, you know, probably be the Jets' best recruiter. And uh, I think I I know that intrigues Dalvin Cook. So really, uh, really interesting how this is going to play out. You just never know, Larry. I mean, I know Jet fans are excited and they think they have him, but remember the Odell Beckham situation a few months ago. I mean, even even people in the Jet building thought that was a done deal and that he was coming. And at the last second, the Ravens offered him more. And he ends up going there. So you just never know in these situations.
1: It's always about the money, Rich, as you mentioned. And especially running backs, money is even more important because of how they're being paid these days. And the fact that, you know, you come in understanding that Aaron Rodgers has left some money on the table, uh, that piques your curiosity a little bit more.
4: Yeah, he left a lot of money on the table for the, you know, just so that they could. uh, you know, have an opportunity to, to go out and get a player like Calvin Cook, and uh, and so they're going to try to utilize that. He's like, as I mentioned, he's also you know going to be recruiting him, and I think you know I think Rodgers wants him here, and and that carries a lot of weight with this organization. You could argue that they don't really need him. I mean, they have a a good backfield right now. It's a solid backfield. I think you know Sala mentioned today that Brees Hall is about. Two to three weeks away from returning to practice. So that would give him ample time to to ramp up for the season opener, you know on September 11th. So he, obviously they're not going to overwork him early in the year. He's not going to be getting the ball 20 times a game coming off ACL surgery. But you know, they also have Michael Cook, uh, Michael Carter, and they have uh, Bam Knight, who had another really good practice today. I think he's probably been the most impressive running back they've had in camp. And so you could argue that Cook would be a luxury for the Jets, um, but the coaches and players that I've talked to seem pretty smitten with the idea of getting him. So I think it would make a a good backfield stronger.
1: Well, Rich, you mentioned it, and it's the story that's been big out of Jet Camp ahead of what's going on with Dalvin Cook, and that's Aaron Rodgers stepping up for his, uh, his offensive coordinator, Nathaniel Hackett.
4: Yeah, so obviously everybody knows that those guys are extraordinarily close. I think Hackett is the main reason why Aaron Rodgers is here in the first place. And so uh, Aaron Rodgers, as you would expect, did not take kindly to Sean Payton's comments from the other day, the USA Today, essentially saying, I think Payton's exact words were one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL last year with Hackett in Denver. And so... You know, after practice today, Rogers sat down with the NFL Network, and in the course of that interview, he just said that um, you know he called the remarks inappropriate. He said Sean Payton is you know insecure, you know, for having to take down another man just to set up himself for an easy fall in case the Broncos' season doesn't go the way they hope, and um, and you know the clincher was basically he goes, you know, I want that guy to, I don't want that guy to have my coach's names in his mouth almost sounded like uh will smith at the oscars there for a second you know but you know he was defending his coach and i think it was clearly premeditated by rogers he went on tv and he knew exactly what he wanted to say and he is now um, gone viral on social media and it's it's a big story when aaron Rodgers slams a head coach the caliber of sean payton
1: Ritz this is use, this is unusual to have coach on coach crime this early in the season. The season hasn't even started yet.
4: <laughs> yeah, it's against the the you know the so-called code of coaches. Coaches are usually respectful of one another, you know, and, and oh, look, Hackett didn't do a great job last year. We all know what he was 4 and 11. You know, Russell Wilson was terrible last year. Hackett didn't even make it through the year. But I thought what Peyton said was completely uncalled for. I mean, just to take down another coach like that was, was just a violation of the so-called coach's code. And just not a nice thing to do, you know, <laughs> just not a very nice thing to do. And I think he was probably doing it to pump up his own quarterback and defend Russell Wilson. But regardless, you don't have to, like Rogers said, take down another man like that. And so Uh, We have not talked to Nathaniel Hackett. He has not been made available yet to the media. I suspect that probably will happen in the next few days, and it'll be interesting to get his reaction to it.
1: It definitely will. Last one for you, Rich, and thanks for coming on for a couple of minutes. Uh, What's the the schedule now going up leading into Thursday's uh, Hall of Fame game?
4: Right, so they have two more practices, uh, and I thought this was interesting. I mean, obviously, Aaron Rodgers, we we know, is not going to play in the Hall of Fame game. In fact, uh, I don't even know if he'll play at all in the preseason. But Robert Sala did say today that Zach Wilson will play on Thursday night. Uh, kind of had been hearing that he probably wouldn't, but they are going to give Zach Wilson that, uh, that start on Thursday night. He's not going to be playing behind the starting offensive line. It's going to be a backup line. And uh, I think all the starters are going to be uh, – you know, getting the night off is going to be an opportunity to evaluate second string and third string guys. So um, Zach Wilson's a second stringer now, and he needs a lot of reps. It's a new offense. You don't want to get your backup quarterback hurt in the meaningless first preseason game, but evidently Sala, you know, weighing all the factors, thinks it's important to get him, you know, his backup the, the extra reps, and so you're going to see a lot of Zach Wilson in the next couple of preseason games as as well, because as I mentioned, I I don't think Rodgers will play.
1: Ritz, continue the great work. We'll be following you to see on this trek whether Dalvin Cook comes or goes or whatever happens with this Jet team. Thanks for popping on for a couple of minutes, my friend. Uh, You're welcome. Take care, Larry. All right, thanks. That's Ritz Semini. So that's the latest going on from Jet Camp. So as we mentioned, yes, you will have a uh, Zach Wilson starting quarterback for you in the Hall of Fame game. And I mean, listen. You need to see what, he's, what he what he is, okay? You want to see. And I get some of you are like, no, I, I really don't care. I, I don't want to know. I don't. But there were some of you who really thought that, um, you know, he got kind of a raw deal. I remember taking some phone calls from folks that were like, you know, listen, what do you expect? What's going on? You know? What 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 is the deal? What is the deal? All right. So that's the whole thing. And Ritsamini mentioned the comments from Aaron Rodgers uh, about Sean Payton. And I just I, I just tell you, I don't I don't understand why you would say something like that. I get that's how you feel. I appreciate that. But come on, let's be honest. You're playing the team this season right? You're playing the team this season. Why would you be that dumb? All right. So let's hear in Aaron Rodgers' own words, what he said when he spoke to uh, the folks over at NFL Plus about uh, the comments that Sean Payton made about his offensive coordinator, the former head coach of the Denver Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett. Those comments were very surprising. For a coach to do that to another coach, my love for Hack goes deep. You know, we had some great years together in Green Bay, kept in touch, love him and his family. He's an incredible family man, incredible dad. And on the field, you know, he's arguably my favorite coach I've ever had in the NFL. Just his approach to it, how he makes it fun, how he cares about the guys, just how he goes about his business with respect, with leadership, with honesty, with integrity. And it made me feel bad that someone who's accomplished a lot in the league is that insecure That they have to take another man down to set themselves up for some sort of easy fall if it doesn't go well for that team this year? I thought it was way out of line and appropriate, and I think he needs to keep uh, my coach's names out of his mouth. Wow. Rich is right. It was well measured. He knew what he was going to say. And it's very – if you're Nathaniel Hackett, you're, you're very pleased. You're very pleased for somebody of his stature to come to your aid and you know what says a lot in your locker room too man says a lot in that locker room you know he's a stand-up guy look what he did it's 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 says a lot it says a lot Hey, guys, thanks for hanging out with me today. That wraps up this edition of the Larry Hardesty Show here on 98.7 ESPN. Special thanks to Pat Ragazzo for joining us earlier from SI.com covering the Mets and, of course, Ritz Cimini, who just jumped on on the New York Jets. Harvey, Joe, thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. We're back tomorrow night for ESPN New York Tonight. Gordon Damer is back, so we'll see you tomorrow night right here. The conversation continues on 98.7 ESPN.